We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia where this podcast was recorded and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hi there, I'm Daniel Moore and you're listening to Season 3 of the Hearing Architecture Podcast, proudly sponsored by Brickworks. At the moment, we're talking to architects about what their clients get beyond their finished project and what architects get beyond their fee and awards on the shelf. Our guest in this episode is architect Heather Wosley, who is a registered architect and associate at Grieve Gallat Anderson in Adelaide. Heather started her role at GGA in December 2021, and most of the experience she talks about in this interview is from her time at Tectus, where she worked for many years on a range of projects. Tectus provided Heather with many opportunities to develop good working relationships with clients, something she strives to continue in her new role at Grieve Gillett Anderson. Heather shares her belief that the best architectural outcomes occur when an architect is focused on understanding their clients and representing the best interests of a project, and that the client, the end user, and the wider public can all benefit from a productive relationship between a client and the architect. I'll now hand over to Renata Guevara, who is an Imagine representative based in South Australia. Let's jump in. Hey, Heather, thank you for being with me and joining us for the Hearing Architecture podcast. We are here today to discuss the relationship between the client and the architect. What do clients get beyond a finished building and what do architects get beyond their fee and awards? Thanks for having me. So I would like to start with a very simple question. How crucial is the relationship between the client and architect? How does that impact the project? To my mind, establishing a good and strong relationship between the client and the architect is is really important for a project to be successful. You know, we all know the saying that good architecture results from a good client, but there actually is no architecture without a client. So building a good client and architect relationship can only really further enhance the experience of delivering a project and the outcomes of a project. So as architecture, I think it's just really crucial that we nurture these relationships so that we can ensure we're delivering quality outcomes. It makes it so much more pleasant to work on a project when you get along well with your client. And if you could talk a little bit about these bonds and how they can impact the delivery of a project, when you actually create a relationship with a client, you have a bond with them because you're not only just providing business, you are looking looking after they in them in many levels how does that bond impact a project so building trust with a client it's you know it's a two-way street so mm-hmm. clients need to trust architects from everything from the design to documentation to project delivery you know they need to know that you'll be their champion and, and do the right thing by them but similarly, the client, uh, the architect sort of needs to be able to trust the client. Client, you know, needs to have a really good and clear understanding of what they want and need from their project. Client sort of needs to fulfill their role in the relationship for a project to be successful. So building that trust, it starts with trust from, from the initial signing of the client-architect 
agreement that's that's a sign of trust but it needs to build and building that bond i think is what really helps an architect to deliver you know the best outcomes um, for the for their client and for the project there was a report from reba in in the uk a few years ago that suggested clients don't get enough from their architects and the architects that truly listen are rare so you know, if we think about that, if that's true, then an architect who, who listens and understands their clients, you know, a valuable commodity. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's there's a comment that I've heard a few times, this feedback, it's really interesting that you said that, feedback from clients saying, oh, the architect actually listened to us and shouldn't it be <laughs> like that every in every situation, in every project, but it's, it's interesting how it doesn't happen often or it doesn't happen as often as it, as it should and you talked a lot about trust and can you tell us a little bit what do you think is the key to make a client trust you when do you how do you go beyond that how do you break that that line and get them to trust you i think it's about taking the time to engage with them on a human level like you you really should be sort of parking your ego and getting to know them what they want from their project, what they like, what they don't like, what motivates them, how they operate. And, you know, in doing that, you're showing a client respect and that they're going to feel heard throughout the project. Mm -hmm. You know, it's partnership. So I guess it's about asking lots of questions, listening, communicating, opening that clear line of communication and taking time to build some rapport with your client. But also, I guess, demonstrating that that you understand that, you know, you have, you're taking on a huge responsibility when, when you're taking on a project mm -hmm. for a client and you really, you know, should be demonstrating that you're experienced in the type of project that they're dealing with or at least being honest if you're not experienced, be showing that you're competent and reliable and that you're going to be working in the best interests of the project. But then, like I touched on earlier, you, you also just need to be honest about things that you don't know. But, mm. you know, I guess showing that you will have the resources, you know, to find those answers or to find that expertise for those areas that, that you don't know. So, you know, you're not pretending, you're actually you're being real to the client and, yeah, just just really establishing a good, strong, trusting relationship. I think that showing to them that we are only humans and that we don't have to know everything really helps build, building that trust because they see you as a person as well, not only mm. as, a, as someone that's providing service, but you are a human being behind behind the title. Yeah. And I think yeah. it really helps, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, human being, we're, you know, we're all human beings. Like, so we need to understand that of our clients as well as they need to understand that of us mm -hmm. and, you know, relationships adjust that you know the, the two people or two entities you know establishing a way to work together and collaborate together mm -hmm. yeah and then the trust goes both ways yeah 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 absolutely and it's not always that we have easy projects or projects that go really well the, the whole time we also face a lot of challenges can you tell us a little bit what challenges have you faced with uh, when clients were difficult to deal with? I guess in my experience, when a, when a client is being difficult to deal with, it's possibly resulting from 
some miscommunication or mismanagement of ex, um, expectations or potentially a lack of clarity on the objectives of the project or, you know, potentially a client feeling like you're not acting in their best interests. Ultimately, clients need to have confidence in their architects that, you know, an architect will deliver the project that they're paying for and that you're giving them the service that you agreed to give them. But the other thing is, I guess, clients who don't have a lot of investment in a project, whether that be personal or, or otherwise, it's kind of difficult when a client may only be there for financial reasons or something like that and they're not engaging or committing to the project in a way that can see the best outcome for that project. Mm-hmm. And without sort of a level of investment from the client, it can be really difficult to build that relationship because you, you don't necessarily understand or that there might be a, a misunderstanding between the client and the architect about you know what this project should be. So I think that can be a really difficult mm-hmm. situation. You know, commercial investors, things like that can be a challenge sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you, as an architect, lay down some ground rules early in the process and mm-hmm. sort of understand their needs and what that what is what is required of them, it probably becomes a little bit easier to navigate through the rest of the project. But I guess I'd also like to flip that a little bit and suggest that being challenged isn't always, by a client, isn't always a bad thing. Mm-hmm. A client who challenges an architect can actually, you know, push push a project into a new realm, test our preconceptions. And, yeah. and an astute client can, you know, can really make an architect work harder for quality outcomes, I think. So I mean, it's not always negative. Yeah, absolutely. It forces us to be more creative, right, and to find solutions that we wouldn't find if we didn't have those, yeah. those challenges. Yeah, particularly through a value management process or something along those lines where when you're trying to strip money out of a, a project but still retain quality outcomes, I think that can actually open up a whole new world of creativity. Mm-hmm. How did you how do you find in doing value management what have has been your experience f- with the client during that process because it can be very it can be heartbreaking for them and obviously we we want we want the project to have the best outcome but sometimes we just have to yeah eliminate some some part of, some elements of the project that the the clients were really keen on having but the budget's just not there how, how how do you go about this i think the first thing you need to do is really sit down with a client and work out what is the most valuable thing for mm-hmm. them like you know is is having it you know a terrazzo floor as valuable as having you know some storage space you know that they may not be able to afford you know, so you, I guess it's first of all working out what is really critical for them. Like, what what is the least heartbreaking thing mm-hmm. to, to remove? But then I think it comes back to that like clear that clear communication and understanding. If you can really get to know your client, you, you're probably going to know those answers already. Yeah. So you can sort of come up with with it some creative ideas to sort of get the best outcome for them and maybe, you know, spend less money on the things that they don't actually mind too much about or can be easily done at a later date. Yeah. 
I think thinking about those being strategic, right? About what can be built later, mm. what has to be built now, and yeah, I think that way they they don't get too sad about the, the things because we, we get sad as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, it's the nature of the um, profession at the moment that you know projects that could be afforded twelve months ago can't be afforded now. So value man- management is. Uh, becoming a part of almost every project at the moment. But um, I think value management doesn't necessarily need to equate to a poorer result. Yeah, absolutely. So if you can sort of clearly show that to your client and communicate that to your client, then I think you can still come up with an outcome that that people are really satisfied Mm -hmm. with. And yeah, that, that's for residential as well as for commercial or multi-res project that can be applied to, so. Yeah, and, and I think that's when the trust element really comes good to play mm. because, they, because the client really need to trust us that the solutions that we are coming up with are not going to compromise yeah. the, the project. Yeah, and I guess it's about relationships with other consultants as well, mm-hmm. you know, cost consultants particularly in the value management sense that you you do establish that relationship with your whole team probably a little bit off topic but um you know you don't want a cost consultant coming through and redlining everything without mm-hmm. without discussion and input so if you have a good working relationship with your consultant team i think you, you know you can work through these as well so yeah now moving moving on to the next topic you have worked in very successful projects, projects that won have won awards. Can you factor in the client as a reason for the success of these projects? How the relationship and how they, the involvement in the project impacted on this project as being this project's being so successful to the point that they got an, an award? Yeah, I think clients can certainly contribute to the success of a project obviously to the point of of being award-winning projects you know often and particularly with experienced clients you know they bring their own ideas and clarity to a project and then can then can push or you know challenge their architect to make sure that the project is actually the best it can be you know test test your ideas you know saying well you know for this could we do this you know and constantly testing you and making sure that you know you are staying true to the original intent of the project so absolutely yes i think clients can contribute to that you know they hold you to account and they push you and that's how you get really good outcomes mm-hmm. um, and that good outcomes can win awards so i guess in that sense yes i think as an architect it is actually really valuable to have your work questioned and challenged but you know Clients who are who are really involved in projects, who have ideas, in my experience, quite often are the best because the best clients and, and you can get really good outcomes because they have that investment, they have that real desire to, to have a project delivered. Mm-hmm. That is something exceptional. So, yeah. Yeah. Um... It, yeah, it's definitely a big, a big part of the success of the project. That's for sure. In that being said, not only about it's not only about having good clients, 
but also having the opportunity to, to work with different typologies and be involved in different industries and business that you are not that are not part of your day-to-day life when you're working more so in commercial jobs. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and, and what could you learn from, from them? Yeah, um, every, every project is unique in my experience. Uh, every, even if you're working on two apartment buildings side by side, they're both, you know, they're both unique projects. And I guess every project for an architect is an opportunity to learn. So I think, you know, one of the greatest things about being an architect is you're constantly learning and you're constantly seeing new things and getting getting new insights into different different types of things. So worked on several several different types of projects, you know, temples, funeral homes, cinemas, schools, health, you know, all sorts. And they all they all bring something new, something to learn. So, you know, whether it be how crowds gather or move through a space in a cinema, you know, you can then apply that to other public spaces, which may have no relationship at all to to a cinema or an entertainment venue or things like the process of a body entering a funeral parlour <laughs> to a body exiting a funeral parlour. Um, you know, that that's a real life learning experience <laughs> yes i would imagine <laughs> i think you know it's one of the greatest things about about being an architect i think is is the constant learning yeah and it's really amazing and every everything you learn on one project is transferable to another project in some way or another and, and, and you know i think that good architects understand that and and apply that mm-hmm but I guess it's not just about the project. It can also be about the client. So I think each client is a learning experience. Yes. And the more experience you have with different types of clients, the more you will understand new types of clients, just in you know, human behaviour and the way people react or make decisions or operate. The more exposure you have to different types of clients you know, is a really good thing for an architect because it can help your future relationships. You know, if you can get the sum of somebody and, and, you know, and work on really understanding them, then it will apply elsewhere in the future, no doubt. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's not only whether it's a residential client or a commercial client. Within those realms, you find many different types of people that you have to learn how to deal with, mm. right? Yeah. And, and you know, some people think that all commercial clients, especially sort of developer clients, will be the same, but they're really not. And, you know, and then in the residential space, you're dealing with every every type of human, really, because you, you're building homes for people. So, but there are common human traits that people have that you can sort of understand and apply, you know, you can apply. You just, you know, you talk to people, you listen to people, ask lots of questions and you get to know them and and then somewhere down the track you go, Oh, this person reminds me of that person. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I know how to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we as designers and architects I think we we need to have a big number of, of skills to deal with all sorts of 
on of situations. So yeah, it's probably a little bit off topic, but um, in a former life between uni degrees, I um, I worked as a personal trainer and fitness instructor, mm-hmm. and I think the same skill set applies in right. terms of dealing with people because in the in the fitness world and you're getting people in for some personal training, you see every type of person and you see different types or what what different types of people need to motivate them. Mm-hmm. So some people need a really strong hand. You know, you will do, you know, you, you'll do this, you need to do this, this is, and then other people need a little bit, you know, they need something a little bit more gentle, a little bit more coaching, coaxing, and then... I guess there's the people who need reward. So yeah. if you do this, you'll get this. Uh-huh. You know, there's, there's all these different types of mentalities. And then I find because I, I really value my clients and the relationship that I build with them, it's one of my favourite things about architecture is building that relationship with a client. And I find, you know, it's the same thing. It's like mm-hmm. when you're working closely with a client, it's like what, what will motivate them? How do they operate? What what do I, how do I tell this story of what we're trying to achieve that will most, um, will most engage them? Yes. Yeah. So really, really similar people are people, regardless of if they're at the gym or if they're building a house or investing in an apartment building, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah, it's a, it's a really good example. And it's really, it's really interesting that you told us that story because, it comes to show how an architect has to have uh, people's skills and you obviously do have those skills. It's something that is with you, that it has always been with you and it really helps you create, like we're saying, create those relationships and make the clients be comfortable with you and with you proposing to them and making them trust you, which is the main thing that we are discussing here. Yeah. I think I think I am. Oh, this is probably off topic again, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can say anything you want. So, I'm one of eight kids, mm-hmm. and every every one of my brothers and sisters are adopted, and they're all from various Asian countries. Right. So in my family, there's every type of personality. Yeah, absolutely. And you just, I guess, from a young age, you just learn how to deal with different personalities, like how to build relationships with different personalities because, you know, they're your brothers and sisters, but they're not, yeah, they're not blood related, but they are your family. So I think probably for me those skills came through my childhood. Mm -hmm. But I I really, really like um, to transfer to transfer that through now to what I do for my work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you, you probably know really well how to read people and how to preemptive. The, yeah, uh... yeah, but it, it comes with experience as well, mm-hmm. and I think it takes effort. Like I don't like I don't think it anyone's that naturally intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know a good client will be willing. Sorry, a good architect will be willing to to make that effort. Mm-hmm. Um, for not only for their client but for for their practice and their and their built work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's th- thank you for sharing that story with us. That's actually really interesting, and it it can totally fit in in what we're discussing here. And about feedbacks from clients, 
what feedbacks have you got about the projects that you finished in the past and what sort of feedback do you get from commercial clients more specifically anything in relation to how that design helped their business yeah um okay so i've had the opportunity to visit you know visit homes of clients after they've they've lived there for a while and I know people who have moved into apartment buildings that I've worked on and mm -hmm. so, you know, really revisiting those spaces and, and understanding how they're operating as opposed to how you thought they were operating, I think is really valuable. And I guess I've been lucky enough to have some repeat clients or long established relationships with clients. So if they're coming back, they're telling you what's been right mm -hmm. and wrong with with the previous project so that's always been really good feedback and then you know there was a, there was one office building we did a refurb on and actually some consultants that we worked with closely on, on several projects move, ended up moving into a tenancy in that building so we actually I actually got to visit quite often and there was a, a beautiful rooftop terrace as part of that building so we had drinks up there and just really understanding how the client's using the space and how, how it's working for them. And yeah, in, in that instance, really beautifully. So I think having those opportunities and seeking that feedback from clients, whether they're residential and living in it or commercial and, you know, getting their whole building leased out within, within a few weeks, you know, is really good development for an architect yeah knowing what you got right but probably more importantly what you got wrong or didn't work quite the way you thought it might work that's how we learn that's how we grow that's how we do a better job next time yeah and if we could explore a little bit more the different types of clients can we talk a little bit situations which are not that common but happens when for example a builder, a client that actually is not a client at first, but becomes a client after in another project. So for example, you're working alongside with the builder in a project, and then that builder actually comes to you after in another, for another project, they reach out to you, wanting you to do work for them. You know, when that, when that role changes, mm. can you talk a little bit about that and how, uh, if, if you can transfer the experiences that you had with them when the role was different in the past to the to this new project? I guess, I mean, in, in that situation, there's a role shift. You know, you're, you're the one seeking help and then they're the one seeking help. Mm -hmm. But if you have a pre-established relationship with somebody I don't know that that necessarily changes mm -hmm. because I think the best architecture comes from good collaborations so even in in a situation where you might have a, a lump sum contract and the builders doesn't really have a lot of input because you know you're delivering a full documentation package before they're involved mm -hmm. there, there'll still be things that happen throughout the project where they will be involved or they'll need, they'll need to seek advice or offer advice or, you know, latent conditions, variations, all these fun things that we deal with on every project. So, you know, in my experience, 
you actually you're building that collaborative relationship with the builder because we're architects are only half well, probably not even half but of the equation of delivering a project yeah a good builder is as valuable as a good architect so then when that relationship shifts and the builder is then seeking the services of an architect i think if it's a pre-established relationship you're probably in a position where you're already almost equals mm-hmm. where you know you are equals and that collaborative relationship should still be in place so i don't know that it really changes a lot it's just yeah. You know, the other person is seeking services. Yeah. 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 Well, we still will always have the level of obviously of respect, mutual respect, and wanting the what is best for the project. So, mm. you, and that's what you expect from a client as well. Yeah. If yeah. it's a builder or if it's a residential client. Yeah, and it comes back to consultants as well, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have our role to play. And, you know, I think in my experience, the best, the best outcomes are when everyone's playing their role to the best of their ability and in a, in a mutual collaborative way. Yeah. Now, if you could tell us, what does an architect at the end of the day get beyond the fees and the awards? I guess like each and every client we're lucky enough to get as an architect gives us the opportunity to work in our chosen profession like mm-hmm. it gives us a, gives us a chance to do our job you know the one that we've worked yeah. really hard to be able to do through you know you know you don't you don't become an architect unless you really want to become an architect mm. so it gives us that chance to really do what we want to do to do what we love and to build and to add to our portfolios and to pay our mortgages and all those sorts of things so you know i think a good architect will really appreciate that opportunity Mm -hmm. and will strive to sort of use that opportunity to learn you know improve their skills you know and and to be educated by their clients I think we really have an opportunity to capitalize on what our our clients offer us. You know, we as you know, we should always be striving to do better. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what we get out of out of that client relationship beyond anything else. And also, like the more work you get and the more good work you do, the better your reputation will become, and the more you'll field so I think yeah. that's really valuable as well yeah absolutely and from the other side what do you think that a client gets beyond the finished building okay so if the only brief for a building or for a client is you know, a finished building there's so many ways that they could get that project delivered so I guess a client that's coming to an architect is looking for a certain thing um, whatever that may be, whatever whatever their reasons. Mm-hmm. But by developing a good relationship with an architect, client can feel confident to, I guess, explore ideas and opportunities that I guess they might not have ever have thought of. And, you know, that level of trust can lead to, to really great outcomes for a client. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, I guess, apples and oranges. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, 
what what they're getting hopefully if we're, we're doing our job right is we're turning asp- aspirations into reality for them we're not just delivering them a building we're giving them something more you know something that will improve their quality of life or improve the end users in a commercial sense you know mm-hmm. the way they operate in a space they work in a space they go to a restaurant you know all those things you know can be really those experiences can be really improved by great architecture as as we all know so it's it's about all those things that we learn when we start first year architecture school that we think architecture is all about that's what we can actually mm-hmm. deliver to a client beyond a finished building i guess you know when clients are investing in an architect you know giving us a chance to work, to learn, but you know, a client, an architect should also be investing in a client. You know, we should be investing our creativity, our knowledge, our skills, our technical ability. We should really care for our projects. You know, they're relying on our networks, our relationships mm. with other consultants. I think what an architect can offer a client are probably the exact things a client is looking for by approaching an architect and that's you know a quality outcome that's just beyond a, a building yeah absolutely it's not only about the building that's very true well i think that's it for today thank you so much for joining us again it was really good to have you here and it was a very interesting conversation i'm sure everyone listening will get a lot from that thank you so much you're welcome thanks for having me This has been Hearing Architecture, proudly sponsored by Brickworks. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much to our guest in this episode, architect Heather Wosley from Grieve Gillett Anderson. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and we can't wait to see what you work on next. Our sponsor Brickworks also produce architecture podcasts hosted by modernist fanatic and comedian Tim Ross. You can find The Art of Living, Architects Abroad and The Power of Two at brickworks.com.au or your favourite podcast platform. The more support we get from you, the more episodes we get to make. So if you'd like to show your support, please rate, review and subscribe to Hearing Architecture in your favourite podcast app. If you want to know more about what the Australian Institute of Architects is doing to support architects and the community, please visit architecture.com.au. This is a production by the Australian Institute of Architects Emerging Architects and Graduates Network in collaboration with Open Creative Studio. The Institute production team was Madeline Jenkins and Claudia McCarthy. And the Imagine production team was Renata Gabara, Chris Morley, Hannah Broughton and Lauren James. Written and directed by Daniel Moore. This content is brought to you by the Australian Institute of Architects, Emerging Architects and Graduates Network in collaboration with Open Creative Studio. This content does not take into account specific circumstances and should not be relied on in that way. This content does not constitute legal, financial, insurance or other types of advice. You should seek independent verification of advice before relying on this content in circumstances where loss or damage may result. The Institute endeavours to publish content that is accurate at the time it is published, but does not accept responsibility for content that may or will become inaccurate over time.